Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. NBC Sports Bay Area's Bob Fitzgerald, Kalena Azabuki on the call there to sold out 18,000 people at Chase Center last night to witness Clay Thompson's game-winning shot to sink the Sacramento Kings once again, 102-101 for the second time in two weeks against the Golden State Warriors. Brandon Kiddies here with a brand new episode of Strength and Numbers on the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at dubs underscore strength. Follow me, your host, Brandon, on Twitter as well at High Brandflakes. What a great performance by Clay Thompson there to clutch up in the fourth quarter. We'll dive into his numbers here in just a bit. But the Warriors overall, not the best shooting performance, right? A lot of people saying that, hey, this could be a trap game against the Sacramento Kings because De'Aaron Fox is out. Are the Warriors going to let down? And the Warriors had a lead there in the first quarter, um, gave the lead back to the Sacramento Kings, and it was just like the playoff series last season, a puncher's chance. Who can knock out the other team with a dagger shot? And Klay Thompson came to answer there in the fourth quarter. Once again, when we take a look at the numbers here from last night, the Warriors shot 48% from the field, 35% overall from three, uh, Sacramento 40% overall, 40.9 to be exact, and 31.4% from the beyond the arc. But the rebounding margin was what we wanted to really take a dive and look into. And not the overall rebounding numbers themselves, but the O boards. Golden State with seven offensive rebounds last night, but Sacramento doubled that at 14. Now, the story of DeMontis Sabonis, we know how to guard him. We've seen him through the playoff series last season. Sabonis had a double-double last night with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, almost a triple-double. Sabonis just buries his head down, and when he's in trouble, will pass out or try to draw that foul against his defender. And whether that's Kevon Looney or Dario Saric, He's going to try to draw that foul and put you in foul trouble. Luckily, last night, Kevon Looney did a great job in Sabonis, and he finished with six points, nine rebounds for Kevon himself. Dario Saric, 15 points, six rebounds. We'll talk about him and his shooting ability and what Steve Kerr had to say about Saric and how it opens up the offense in just a little bit. But first, we have to talk about our sponsor in Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. Whether that's the NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL, they are all in full swing. 
Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Back to Clay Thompson and just how he struggled throughout the night but clutched up and found himself in the fourth quarter and that's something that you just have to take pride with with a veteran like clay he spoke about it after the game basically he was trying all he could on the defensive end and ultimately when it came down to clutch time he knew when to show up heading into the fourth quarter when we take a look at clay's numbers wasn't that good three of 11 shooting he had eight points and you know Three personal fouls for Clay. Tried to stay in front of Malik Monk. You know, GP2 was there with De'Aaron Fox out. Malik Monk had a great game himself. But taking a look at the fourth quarter, Clay Thompson, when he really came on fire, he had six points, three of four. Didn't, didn't make a three pointer, but an O board there late for Clay as well. And when it came down to him hitting the game winning shot, they blitzed out to. to Sacramento blitzed out on Stephen Curry as he crossed half court. Had to give it up to Draymond Green, and we got to give credit to Draymond Green on that pass, though. He threaded the needle, gave it to Clay, and let Clay cook. Let him take the fadeaway jumper and put him in a prime position on winning the game. Here's what Clay had to say after in the post-game press conference about his game-winning shot. Uh, yeah, I didn't shoot the ball as well as I wanted tonight, but I stuck with it defensively, and I think that's why I was able to hit that shot there at the end. What was the thought process that led to that shot? Uh, I realized we didn't have much time, so I just wanted to take a couple hard dribbles, get to my spot and rise up. And luckily I made a good move with confidence and knocked it down. And that's, uh, that's what being a basketball player is all about, is just doing things with great confidence. Speaking of confidence, being able to finish the game the way you did, did that it all put give you a boost in confidence. You came in talking yeah. and texting a bit, a little bit more active than I usually see you come into the press conference. How are you feeling oh, feel after great. the game? Anytime you hit a great game winner, you're going to feel on cloud nine. And if someone isn't, they're just lying to you. So I feel amazing. I mean, I obviously could have played better, but at the end of the day, it's a great win, and I feel just wonderful. Don't be too hard on yourself there, Clay. Might not have been the best overall numbers, but you came up clutch when it – was needed the most. And I think this is the game that's gonna get Klay Thompson rolling, his confidence back and all that stuff. He finished six of 15 with only one three-pointer. But when we take a look at his number on the road, right, against the New Orleans Pelicans, Klay Thompson didn't play that game, but on the road against the Houston Rockets, Klay found his stroke, five of 10 from beyond the arc, 19 points, was the second leading scorer there for the Warriors squad. And I think that game there in Houston, a game-winning shot here. He was tested on the road there in Houston and now at home where the fans were there cheering for him, really showing their support. I think Klay Thompson has found his stroke. On the other side, though, Andrew Wiggins, we still need him to show up. He's been the guy that has been left out of the closing five, whether that's due to matchups or him struggling. Early on when last episode we talked about Jonathan Kaminga playing over Andrew Wiggins, right? And 
I don't even think we got to talk about that last episode. We, yeah, last time we spoke to you guys, it was after the Phoenix Suns game. But my point is here, yeah, Andrew Wiggins taken out in that lineup early on for Jonathan Kaminga because he was struggling. And Andrew Wiggins last night was taken out because of GP2 due to the matchup is what Steve Kerr said. And this is the depth that we've been talking about. We've been um, praising so far this season. And Steve Kerr had to say last night that it was just a matchup-based decision. And the closing five is going to continue to change as the opponent, as the matchup presents itself. You closed with GP2. Uh, it was that specifically a Monk matchup? Yeah. And no Wiggins, again, to close. It's just the way this is going to work sometimes. Yeah, I mean, no no Wiggs, no Looney the last uh, three minutes. But that, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that all the time. It was a matchup thing. They went smaller, um, which is when we went to Gary. Uh, when They brought Monk in, I think, around the three-minute mark. And uh, Gary's our best matchup against him. Yeah, you had to put someone there on Malik Monk because he was having a Great night last night with De'Aaron Fox out to compliment DeMontis Sabonis. Every time that Monk went and drove, it seems like every single bucket that he had was going in. And he didn't start. He came off the bench. Davian Mitchell started. And Davian Mitchell was the guy Clay nailed the game-winning shot over. But in, for Malik Monk, 25 points. Six, um, excuse me. In 25 minutes, he had 16 points. Three of five from beyond the arc. Everyone stepped up for Sacramento. Multiple players in du double digits for them. Six to be exact. Harrison Barnes, our good old friend, with 14 points. Mitchell with 13. Keegan Murray with 10 points. And Kevin Herter with 11 points for Sacramento. We have to flip this over to two guys that I want to mention here. The first, we'll start off with Super Dario. Super Dario Saric. And he had his best shooting performance last night in my opinion, against the Sacramento Kings. And he was the leading scorer at one point in this game before Stephen Curry also made a couple buckets there in the fourth quarter. But Dario Saric finished with 15 points, six rebounds, and hit a leading shot there in the fourth quarter off a of CP3 assist to put the Warriors up on the left wing, hit an open three-pointer. Nobody was guarding him. DeMontis Sabonis is not going to be a guy that's going to come out in the perimeter to guard you. And when he does, whether it's Dario Saric, who's left wide open, an open shooter, or Stephen Curry in front of him, he's going to get cooked. He's going to get crossed over. He's a slower big on the defensive end and can't really catch up. We've seen Curry hit multiple three-pointers over him. We remember last season and the playoffs. And hey, maybe even a couple times in preseason this year. Point being is, if you leave a shooter open, Sabonis isn't going to come out on the perimeter. And the chemistry between CP3 and Dario Saric on the pick and roll, the pick and pop, whether it's a give and go, there's just multiple things that they can do together. And their chemistry in Phoenix has really carried over to this Golden State Warriors squad. And Chris Paul in the pick and roll with Dario Saric is something that also worked last night. When we look at Chris Paul, two points, didn't have the best shooting night, one of five overall, but he had the four rebounds and eight assists. Now, Draymond Green back into the starting lineup. This is something we haven't talked about yet. On the road, you know, the Golden State Warriors in Sacramento on the road, in Houston, and then in New Orleans, Louisiana, of course, they're taking on the Pelicans with that blowout victory. We'll get into the road record here in a little bit. But his first game back for Draymond Green in the starting lineup came against the Houston Rockets. And the story was how would Chris Paul react to that? 
right? He started 1,500, or excuse me, 1,300 um, straight games. Uh, the exact number to be exact, if I can find it here, 1,365 career starts for Chris Paul in his 19-year NBA career, the most since the 1970-71 NBA season of straight starts without having a game off the bench. And CP3 finished with eight points, seven assists, five rebounds, three for eight shooting in 27 minutes. And I talked about this. I made an Instagram reel, a TikTok. You can check it out on my Twitter, that video about Chris Paul could be the leading favorite to win sixth man of the year if he continues to keep this up. And we saw that first game in Houston there. Chris Paul can prove that he can do it off of the bench. He might not score a lot, but then the following game in New Orleans, we saw the scoring ability of Chris Paul off the bench in 25 minutes. He had 13 points, six rebounds, five assists. We, the rebounds and assists are always gonna come. The question is when we need CP3 to step up and hit a couple points, a couple drives, a couple uh, stop and go jumpers there in the paint, is he going to be able to pump up that scoring? And this is a benefit that the Golden State Warriors have, not like in the Phoenix days where maybe Chris Paul's scoring was more prioritized, that they had to have Chris Paul score. No, but in this squad where you have Klay Thompson, where you have Stephen Curry, if you can just work the pick and roll first and master that, whether it's Kevon Looney, Dario Saric, or small ball Draymond Green, I think we're going to see a lot more of that yet to come. Um, when Draymond Green now in the starting lineup and in the second unit, Chris Paul and Draymond Green, that pick and roll should be fun to watch too. But it has been the Saric and Chris Paul pick and roll that has been talked about a lot by this fan base. And just last night, here's a little bit of some sound from uh, Steve Kerr talking about how Dario Sarge had his best night last night shooting-wise and how that really helps the Warriors offense, throwing it back to the Otto Porter Jr. and Nemanja Bielitsa days. second is actually about Dario. Obviously, he has been a big impact, made an impact on this game, especially being able to kind of yeah. linger outside, knock down shots. He was six of nine. I don't know if that was his final, but towards the end of the fourth, when you pulled him out, he was six of nine for three. Yeah. And Sabonis was kind of sagging off, and that opened him up a bit. What will that be for your offense? How much of an impact do you think his presence out there on the floor make for your offense? Yeah, it's massive. It gives us an entirely different dimension. Um, you know, that's what um, Otto Porter and Belly did for us two years ago gives you the ability to change the look up and uh, space the floor with your five man and uh, that stretches the defense out so Dario was a huge pickup for us a guy who can flat out play and um, yeah, he was fantastic tonight yeah Dario Saric just provides that versatility there on the offensive end his defense there along even guys like Sabonis that we saw against Zion Williamson he's going to be overmatched he's going to be overpowered not that bulky defender that can really stop these big men so this is where Steve Kerr picks his spots based on matchup and with the depth with the Warriors squad this season throwing in the young guys Trace Jackson Davis man he had a great game too that we haven't talked about on the road when he debuted with um, with Brandon Pajemski. In that New Orleans game, we saw Trace Jackson Davis put 13 points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. The Warriors are looking for that backup guy for Kevon Looney, the big, that's athletic, that can rim protect, and we saw flashes of that in New Orleans. He saw 20 minutes because it was a blowout, 130 to 102. The Warriors absolutely smashed New Orleans in that contest. And the most impressive play to me by Trace Jackson Davis 
was he received the ball off of a pick and roll, uh, kind of threw it up off the backboard unintentionally, got the rebound quick off of his two feet, jumped up, got it off the board and dunked it immediately. And that's when I was like, wow, this kid TJD, the athleticism there, his ability to just get off the ground fast is just something we haven't seen from a Warriors center in quite some time. That is what a lot of people hope James Wiseman would be, who, you know, his career isn't turning out so well, seeing a lot of DNPs down there with the Detroit Pistons. I hope that he finds himself and has a long NBA career. Maybe he just needs another change of environment there for Wiseman himself. We also saw Brandon Pajemski make his debut there in New Orleans. Again, it was like a blowout contest there. A lot of the rookies saw some time. We saw Lester Quinones in the game too, but Pajemski in 23 minutes, five rebounds, or excuse me, five points, eight rebounds, and two assists. We saw Pods crashing the board, making plays, get his first NBA regular season bucket in his debut as well. Just a lot of positive vibes for this Warriors squad. But the guy I want to talk about is Draymond Green. He came into the starting lineup a little rusty. You can't blame him. He didn't see preseason time or preseason action. He made his debut against the Houston Rockets on the road trip. Four points, five assists, five rebounds in his debut against the Rockets. Then against the Pelicans, six points, six rebounds, and seven assists. But he had his best game last night against the Sacramento Kings. 13 points, nine assists, two rebounds in 28 minutes of action. Four of seven from the field. But the number with two early three-pointers by Draymond Green, he went two of four from beyond the arc, so he was feeling it. He was letting it stroke from way downtown. And this is the number that I said it last postseason. Whenever I hear this number, I always have to double-check my facts. And shout-out to Bonte Hill, NBC Sports Bay Area pre- and post-game host for Warriors coverage. He mentioned this. And when Draymond Green hits two or more three-pointers in an NBA game, the Warriors are 125 and 24. Let me repeat that one more time. The Warriors are 125 and 24 when Draymond Green hits two three-pointers in an NBA game. That is insane. It seems not true, but an 84% win percentage when Draymond Green does that, Whenever he's left wide open in the perimeter, let it fly, Draymond, because when you hit two three-pointers, we know that the Warriors are basically guaranteed to win. That's something that I want to see now. How is that dynamic going to be with Chris Paul coming off the bench? And as I said a couple minutes earlier, it's looked good. It's looked great so far. And now you have the option to off the bench there with Moody, who has emerged. He has had terrific performances to start off this season. Jonathan Kaminga, he came back last night after sitting out um, the game in New Orleans uh, due to some knee issues there. And just, you know, Warriors wanted to be precautionary with that and just hope to have him throughout the season. Don't want the young guy to miss a lot of time in his third season. He had 12 points. Um, Moody had one point last night, probably his worst game of the season. But Moses Moody, he's the type of guy that's the 3 and D type of player that with Andre Iguodala now retired is someone that Steve Kerr has been looking for the past couple of seasons. Who's going to be that backup guard to uh, Stephen Curry off the bench? Of course, you got Chris Paul, but a shooting guard here with the ability to guard two ways 
that's the guy that's missing in Clay Thompson on the defensive end due to those injuries. And when you have a guy like Moses Moody who put up 13 points against New Orleans, uh, had a five-point performance against the Rockets, but Sacramento, 10 points in the first contest against them, and then 11 points in that opening day loss to the Phoenix Suns. I think Moses Moody is going to continue to thrive and prove to people why him and Jonathan Kaminga had their fourth-year rookie options exercised by the Golden State Warriors. They're going to be back on the team next year for their fourth-year options. And just the way the two have opened up the season and have showcased their improvement in the offseason, whether that's coming in early to practice and staying late, the vibes are definitely back for the squad. And I'll just let Draymond Green describe how he sees the team's chemistry this season so far. We had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. Um, it was pathetic. Uh, but chemistry has been a strong suit here. That's why Steph has been here for 15 years, Clay's been here for 13, I've been here for 12, and Luna's been here for nine. Because chemistry is a strong suit, and, and Andre Udala. The list goes on and on. That's why so many guys have been around here for so long, because the chemistry is what we've hung our hat on. Well, you look at last year, you say, oh, man, this team hasn't lost a, uh, a Western Conference series under Steve Kerr, and then it happens. The big reason why is our chemistry sucked. And so, you know, I don't look at that as, oh, man, like this is a team that, you know, we, we, we struggle with chemistry. I mean, yeah, we struggle with our chemistry for years. It was a one-year thing. Things, you know, stuff happens, and it was an anomaly, but, you know, we're right back where we need to be in, in that department. And most importantly, I think there's still room and will be growth in that department. Oh, yeah, no, that's all good. Um, last year was horse. It's hard to come to work. Y'all see me trying to do Clay's little paper airplane. Uh, it was hard. It was hard to come to work. Um, not fun, you know. Uh, and so this year, you see the joy. Uh, you know, on guys' face when they come in the building. You got guys, like, staying over two or three hours after just sitting around talking, getting here two or three hours early just to be here. You know, it's like you start to see that, and you're like, okay, this is a group that likes being together. Yeah, and we know what happened last offseason, the whole issue with Draymond and the Jordan Poole punch and the mention this offseason of Steve Kerr forcing Draymond, trying to take JP out to dinner to resolve resolve some things, but that didn't come into fruition. And now the Warriors have reaped the benefits of having Chris Paul on this squad. Man's the second unit, veteran presence there. You bring these older veterans to pair up with these young rookies who are NBA ready. Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis can step up into this starting lineup if need be and have their number called and perform. That is something that you couldn't say with guys last season like Ryan Rollins or a Patrick Baldwin Jr. Winning definitely also helps. The Warriors are 4-1, tied with the second best record in the NBA so far. The Boston Celtics and the Dallas Mavericks, the only two current undefeated teams in the NBA. Uh, Warriors tied with the Denver Nuggets at 4-1 there for their spot, second spot at best record in the NBA. Now winning solves it all, and here's a little bit of what Clay had to say on what Draymond's comments were and how winning can fix everything. Draymond, uh, just before you was asked to compare this year's chemistry to last year's team's chemistry, um, yeah. he described last year as awful and that it was hard to come to work. 
Yeah. This year, he described, in effect, as quite the opposite. I guess, as a leader on this team, how would you assess this year's chemistry compared to last? I mean, I think every year is great. We're in the NBA, and you get to go to push shots up and play defense for a living. I don't even pay too much mind to that. I think, obviously, chemistry is great this year, but every time I put a Warriors uniform on, I, I'm just I'm gloating because it's just like it's a dream come true. No matter how many years you play, the NBA is a place where dreams are, like, met. And um, I think this year's great chemistry-wise, but last year was good as well. And I think just every time you step into an NBA facility, getting to go to work, I feel great. So I, I don't think too much about chemistry. I think it comes, I think everything, winning solves all. Definitely a more chilled approach and answer there by Clay Thompson that, hey, every, every time, every team he's been on, you know, there's always going to be good chemistry and he's just happy to put a Golden State Warriors uniform on. And I think Clay was just vibing off the night that he had with that game-winning shot, throwing it back to some old days. And courtesy of Warriors Muse, this was Clay Thompson's third game-winning shot against the Sacramento Kings and how that was described as a shot that puts the Golden State Warriors up with 10 seconds or less the third time he's done it against the Sacramento Kings and that's the most against any team which is great for Klay Thompson and just we know that he always explodes against Sacramento the 37 point quarter that's enough Klay talk we've talked about him a lot his game-winning shot his clutch performance we got to talk about his splash brother too and show him some love and that's Stephen Curry we forgot to talk about his performances on the road, and it's just because Stephen Curry is great. We know he can do these things, so let's take a look at the performance against the New Orleans Pelicans. 42 points for Steph, 15 of 22 shooting, 7 of 13 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, and if you thought that wasn't enough, right before that, against the Houston Rockets the day before in the back-to-back, -back, the front end, 24 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, 6 of 14 from beyond the arc for Stephen Curry and had the highlight reel three-pointer where he had Dylan Brooks off of his feet, nailed the three-pointer on him with a little bump and did the little home alone, two hands to his face, shocked response. And I think that was personal dating back to the Memphis Grizzlies days that he hit that three over Dylan Brooks. We know the reputation Dylan Brooks has had in the NBA, classified as a dirty, kind of gritty type of player. And hey, heck of a season so far actually for Dylan Brooks with a lot of people, including myself, saying this offseason that that contract isn't worth it and what, what the Houston Rockets were thinking and doing. Dylan Brooks has shot the ball pretty well uh, to start off the season here in five games in the NBA regular season. Speaking of the NBA regular season, well, the inaugural NBA in-season tournament starts tomorrow, Friday, and the Golden State Warriors, your Golden State Warriors, will open it up on the road, of course, taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder, Chet Holmgren, uh, Jalen Williams out here from the West Coast Conference, Santa Clara, but they will be missing their star player. Shea Gilgis Alexander earlier today was reported that he will be out for the first game of this inaugural NBA in-season tournament. So that's a blow to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
Shea is listed out with a left knee strain, which is unfortunate there for the NBA as well. The main reason that you had these in-season tournament games was to increase these ratings. And hey, if you're going to rest a guy to do it on the home stretch of home games, because that's what the player participation policy says, if you can rest a guy or if this is an actual injury, quote in quotes, you know, that, hey, rest them on the home half of whatever road trip is coming up. But that's going to be a blow there. We'll see Chet Holmgren uh, out of Gonzaga. You know, him and Vector Wembanyama has, has taken the NBA by storm so far in these first couple of weeks. His blocking ability, rebounding ability, I got to see a lot of that, unfortunately, on the wrong end of the spectrum as he handed my St. Mary's Gales a couple of losses there getting to see him in the West Coast Conference for college basketball. So Holmgren and Curry should be a great matchup. And when we take a look at the NBA in-season tournament, right, the Warriors were grouped in West Group C, which includes, hey, Sacramento, we'll come be seeing you guys again, the Sacramento Kings, Minnesota Timberwolves, again, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and who we just mentioned, I forgot the San Antonio Spurs, are part of this Warriors in-season tournament division. Now, the best record after they play those four teams in this particular group will move on to the knockout rounds, the quarterfinals, the semifinals, of course, will be played in Vegas if they make it all the way that far. The NBA in-season tournament begins tomorrow, November 3rd, and they'll have games here, if I'm not mistaken, on Tuesdays, and on Fridays from November 3rd to November 28th. And the prize pool here, not only do you get the inaugural NBA Cup in-season tournament trophy, but it also has a payout to the winning team of $500,000 per player on the winning team and smaller prizes ranging from $50,000 to $200,000 per player for the other teams that make the quarterfinals and semifinals. A total of $18 million put into these extra incentives for players that make it to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship. Now, all of these stats... Um, dating from the opening playoff pool here or the opening in-season pool for group play, the quarterfinal play and semifinal play, their stats, uh, schedule all relate and translate to the 82 regular NBA season stats. But the championship game, if the Warriors make it that far, that game does not count towards your counting stats for the regular season. Now, the NBA gave every single team an 80-game schedule because the clubs that don't make the quarterfinals, semifinals, or championship, they will play technically games 81 and 82 that weren't part of the schedule on December 6 and 8 based off of conference tournament play results and whether you're going to face a team. Most likely in your conference, there's going to be two teams that will have an intra-squad, so Eastern versus Western Conference game just due to how many teams are left. So a lot to take in there for the NBA in-season tournament. If you want more information for the NBA in-season tournament that starts tomorrow, you can check out the NBA.com website for more information. It's hard not to pick the Golden State Warriors in this in-season tournament because they're 
group. You got the Sacramento Kings, of course. You got the Oklahoma City Thunder. You got the San Antonio Spurs. And it's looking like one of the easier groups that the Warriors were grouped in. And they need to take advantage of that. We remember a couple of weeks ago with uh, Draymond Green and Chris Paul saying they want to go for it. They want to try to win this inaugural NBA in-season tournament. And why not? I mean... It would be so nice to have the Warriors as the first winners, to have someone like a Stephen Curry get tournament MVP, to add that onto his resume of a lot of firsts. We remember he got the first ever Western Conference final MVP uh, trophy. So to add that to his resume would just add on to the greatness and legacy of Stephen Curry himself. Again, I forgot to mention the Minnesota Timberwolves also in that division for the Golden State Warriors. I have the Warriors coming out of that division. Let's just rapid fire through these other divisions and I'll, I'll give you real quick who I think is going to win. East Group A, you got Philly, Cleveland, Atlanta, Indiana, and Detroit. I got Philly there even without James Harden, Joel Embiid, Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey should be doing good there. East Group B, Milwaukee, New York, Miami, Washington, and Charlotte. I'm of course going to take the duo there in Damian Lillard and in Giannis Antetokounmpo. Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, Orlando. Boston is feasting early on. Great acquisition of Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis. They're looking like a beast there out in the East. West Group A, Memphis, Phoenix, Lakers, Utah, Portland. One of the more interesting divisions here. Phoenix and the Lakers should battle it out there for the top spot. I'm going to give the nod out to the Lakers there. They got a healthy team. We'll see how Bradley Beal uh, Devin Booker come back into the mix. Kevin Durant's been carrying that load with those injuries out. And West Group B, Denver, Clippers, New Orleans, Dallas, and Houston. I think this is the most competitive division out of all the divisions I've said so far. I'm going to take Denver, though. Jokic, Murray, they're rolling. They're also 4-1 like the Golden State Warriors. But the Dallas Mavericks there at 4-0, I think it'll come down to three teams there, Denver, LA, and Dallas, but I'm giving the nod to the reigning and defending and giving the respect to the champions in the Denver Nuggets. Folks, let's close it out here with the Warriors' strong start on the road. I mean, this could this is the best thing to happen to this Warriors squad to be tested on the road early to see what their grit, what their effort would be. And Warriors 1-1 one one so far in home games, 3-0 away. And a little bit of a joke on Warriors Twitter, is this record going to be flipped from last season? You know, they had only eight win or 11 wins on the road. They're already a quarter of their way there with three wins so far in the season. And we take a look at the upcoming schedule for the Warriors. They got Oklahoma on the road for that inaugural play-in tournament game, then Cleveland, Detroit, and Denver, and no back-to-backs there with the remaining uh, four, one, two, three, yeah, with the remaining four games left on this road trip. Again, seven of their first eight games there on the road that we talked about last episode, but then they'll come back home, and they'll have a very long homestand. Cleveland, Minnesota twice, Oklahoma twice. They get that rare back-to-back -back teams that you'll play. Um, you know, you'll get a day off in Minnesota between those two games, but you'll see both teams on back-to-back -back games. So there's a little bit of matchup issue, issue there, knowing what they're going to do and who are they going to rest. And then you have Houston, and then you go back on the road in Phoenix, November 
22nd. So a little bit of home cooking here. If the Warriors can go undefeated here on the road and start off the season 7-0 on the road, man, is this going to really help out this team? Not that they only, not that they don't have this chemistry all figured out yet, but it'll just add on to their confidence of being able to beat these teams on the road and not return to that record they had last season. That's all the time we have for this episode, folks, of Strength and Numbers. Thanks for tuning in every single week. We always appreciate the support. Let's get those numbers up on follower count on Twitter. Follow us on our podcast page at dubs underscore strength. You can see the videos that I post on my own TikTok and Instagram reels. You can follow me on Twitter, Brandon Kitties at High Brand Flakes. I'll have a little personal video that I put out on my TikTok and my reels out also on the Strength and Numbers podcast page, you know, highlighting some Golden State Warriors news throughout the week, you know, a little 30 second to minute to two minute long TikTok. You can see all of that there on my Twitter page as well. As we always say every single week on this podcast, until we talk next time, go Dubs. The show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.